off with blessing you this morning with some of my observations. Don't fizzle out now. I, I, sense, I sense a fizzle. Don't fizzle out now. You got to stay engaged. Feelings come. Feelings go. You can control your attitude. And if you do, feelings come back. Boy, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm looking at facial expressions. I got nothing. Some of you, it looks like you've had a rough week. You need to pray more. You need to study the word more. You need to welcome the Holy Ghost in your house more. And you're going to get beat up all week and then expect me to resuscitate you. I'll do the best that I can for you. But if you come in here and you're already limping, just a couple of my observations. It's funny. Baptized. I, I love doing the baptismal thing. I really do. I love it. Um, I'll never. That's why I, I thank God for Heather because if it was up to me, I would never remember to do it, nor would I ever remember to do communion ever. People end up coming, do we ever do communion in this church? Well, since Heather's worked here, yes, we do communion and, and baptism because I don't remember anything. I mean, but it was funny because I don't know how many of you saw the one little boy that came up. I mean, he was face was just angelic. It was just a giant smile on his face. And then there's a, on the flip side of that, it's funny because some kids, you know, it's intimidating. I mean, I, I have to give it to all the kids this morning. They have, they have like, you know, brass cajones, male and female. And not that we're trans at this church, but I have to give it to them because they, I mean, it's intimidating because like Travis and I are larger than average men. You got like Jer, who looks like a professional wrestler. And you're like walking up, you know, it's kind of intimidating. You're a little tiny thing. But if one of them came up and she went into, the, went into the water and I just ask everybody, if you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You know, you got to remember to like plug your nose. But she kind of like, she would answer the question, yes. And she was kind of like froze, you know, and she and, she, and then she's kind of trying to hold herself up out of the water. And Travis just waterboarded her. <laughs> he goes, she's going under. I said, okay, you know, I'm not going to stop you. Because I'm like reaching out, you know. You see, people think that I'm the mean one and like I'm the tough one. And I'm like, no. I'm actually the softest person on the staff. Really, ask. I really am. Like, Travis, you're going to do it. You came in here, I mean, if it was Brantley, if it was his own daughter, you're doing it. You're getting in the water, you're doing it. You can try to fort, no, you're going, you're going down, it's over. <laughs> I think that's what this country needs is like some forcible baptisms, get people, force them. <laughs> Amen. Amen, just welcome, listen, welcome the Holy Ghost to do what he wants to do in you this morning for the next hour and, hour and five, hour and 10 minutes. We're gonna go, yeah. we're gonna pray. That's all there is. Hour and five, hour and 10 minutes, we're gonna pray, then we're gonna leave. That's, that's the end of it. Let the Holy Ghost do whatever he wants to do. Because here's the thing, what's the date today, 28th? You believe 28 days have already passed? In January, I mean seriously. I mean Christmas is just here. I was watching Christmas Carol this morning, I was. Like I wanna watch something happy, you know? So I was just watching it. But let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. 
You, you got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to stay right where you are. You'll be transformed by the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost if you'll let him, and you'll be, power, you'll be transformed by the power of the Word of God, which the Holy Ghost witnesses. Let him do it this morning. Don't hold your ground. In a smattering of amens, start, maybe we're starting to defizzle the fizzle. You have to let go. If there's no fruit of you being right, you ain't right. As Luke chapter 10, verse two, he is the Lord of the harvest. So if you look around and there's no fruit, listen, I've told you this. You're like, Tom's always coming down on us. No, I'm not coming down on you. I'm trying to get you to bear much fruit. You'll enjoy life a whole lot more if you bear much fruit. If you ever actually enjoy the power and the presence and the promises of God. Or you can just stand your ground and stay in the muck and stay in the mire, boldly proclaiming that you're right. Don't do it or you'll be like me and you'll be preaching and you'll be saying that you wasted 50 years. How many years have you got in the tank so far? Why waste anymore? There's no evidence of you being right. What would be evidence of you being right? This isn't the message yet. Message this morning is opposition. Maybe you're your own opposition though. What evidence is there of you being correct? Is there power, presence, salvations, miracles, people drawn to you like a moth to a flame? See how quiet it gets in here? I spent 50 years firmly accomplishing the opposite of all of that as a Christian, as a heaven-bound Christian. I turned from my sin. I wasn't living in sin. I was just really nominalized by carnality. And the carnality is just of the five senses. It gets turned into a sexual thing in our culture, but carnality is just of the five senses. Don't hold your ground if there's no evidence that you're correct. Let go. Let go. You know, I was up at the, I don't know, I, I think it's winter, it's winter camp meeting, ministers' conference is next in uh, April, I think. I was up at the river this week for some services, and this is where it, you're like, what was it, Tom? Was it Pastor Rodney? Was it the River Church? And it was God. It was the Holy Ghost using people. He offers you opportunities. He sets a table before you, right in the presence of the abortionists, right in the presence of the vax pimps. He sets a presence before you. He sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He sets it right here. When this whole country was and currently is falling apart, he just set a table before me and gave me an opportunity. And I'm saying this for you, not for me. The only way for me to relate to you is to tell you about me. And I can use other people examples too, but it's easier to talk about myself to you. So there was no evidence of me being correct, Tom. We've heard this before. You need to hear it again. There's no evidence of me being right. Church the same size, 15 years. Numbers don't matter. That's not the Bible. 
Numbers do matter in the Bible. See, we just, we just create our own theology so that we feel good about ourselves. Tom, you're just beating me up. I'm not beating you up. I'm propelling you. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, 2 Timothy 4.2. That's what you're supposed to do. If you're, if you're comfortable, you're in the wrong church. We make it ice cold in here for you so you're uncomfortable. It's amazing, I'm not even sweating right now. I mean, that's, maybe we need to go up a degree. We'll, we'll, we'll have a staff meeting. You wanna go up a degree? All right, who wants to go up a degree? Clap your hands. Who wants to leave it as is? See what I mean? See now, you think that it's, don't let me forget hope about River Church. Talk about River Church. You think, a lot of you probably think it's easy to pastor a church. Don't you? You think it. Don't you? Oh, what's hard about it? Well, because literally if I turn it up a degree and I get, nobody, listen, this is the greatest church in the world. Seriously. Like, I love the River Church, but this is my favorite church right here. This is, River Church is where I go to get pastored. This is where I pastor. So, if I turn it up a degree, I'll have 47 people at the door saying, man, it was a hot day. <laughs> and today I'll get, man, it's the coldest church I've ever been in my life. <laughs> it's not easy to pastor people. And I'm no different than you are. I probably wouldn't say it to the pastor. Some people do, some people don't. I probably wouldn't, but I'd be like on the way home, man, it's hot in there. To hope, I'll just, I do all my griping to hope. All of my griping goes to her. She's very blessed to hear all of my griping. It goes to her, my, whatever I'm complaining about. That I'm not much of a complainer, I'm really not. But when I do complain, it goes, it goes to hope. She's very blessed by it, in my mind. Mm -hmm. But see, for me, there was, there was no evidence of me being correct. So I'm actually on task right now because I'm talking about opposition. My opposition was between my ears. Because as I think, so am I. There was no evidence for 15 years. 150 to 250. 150 to 250. 250 to 150. 150 to 250. And convincing myself that when we were at 175, we're growing. I'm on year eight. Think about how stupid this is. Tommy, you shouldn't use the word stupid. I use it all the time. You know, what? you know why I use the word stupid? Because it accurately describes things. You're stupid, you're stupid. That's why I just marvel at people who refuse to repent. Marvel at pastors, COVID-caving pastors who refuse to, say, refuse to say they're wrong. But so I'm sitting there for 15 years and going between 150 to 250, 250 to 150, 150 to 250, and every time I'm at like 178, I'm going, man, we're growing. Were we? No. We were right here the whole time. Boop, boop, boop. We're supposed to be. I can't do it because my shirt's tucked in. It's a little too tight, but anyway. But the whole time I thought when we're at 178, I'm going, oh, man, we're growing. Open up. Both, we're both like, oh, we're growing. No, we were at 250 four years ago. And now we're at, I guess I keep changing the numbers on purpose. And now we're at 201. We never, never actually ever grew. 
Now, are you saying, Tom, that there's nothing meaningful? No, there's things meaningful. That people who had cancer were healed. People were provided for. There's lots of pastors who would have killed for what I had. But something needed to change. Now, what needed to change was me getting into the fire. It's not comfortable now. You know, a lot of, listen, I want all your amens. Please don't stop amening. I'm not necessarily criticizing you. But a lot of people, they amen, they ain't going anywhere near that fire. It's, it's uncomfortable to be near the fire. A lot of people beg and plead for a visitation of God. You drop dead. You go to heaven, but you drop dead. You, you, listen, a lot, of, a lot of people, you can't take minor correction, let alone a visitation. You, you, listen, you know who I marvel at in the church? That's who I marvel at. I'm talking about this church right now. Whether it applies to you or not, these are the people that I marvel at, are the people that can overcome stuff inside the church. You just overcome it. I have to do it all the time. I've had people stare at me during the service who just hate my guts. And they just keep, they keep coming. They hate me. Oh my God. I mean, they, they hate me. Give me a death stare the whole time, making sure they don't laugh. Even though they want to laugh, they ain't laughing. They're determined. Hold it back. I overcome it. There's people that have come and gone to this church, they come back, and they've dogged me. Dog me, and I just let it go. I, I respect it when people, we have, there's people in here, maybe, done business with each other, and you're at, you're at, you're in offense. Let it go. Do what I do. You know what I do when it comes to business? You're like, Tom, don't you do business with people inside the church? I do, but you may not qualify for it. Tom, you're haughty. I'm not haughty. I'm just telling you how to do it. You want to know? Okay, nobody wants to know. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. No, everyone, everyone's afraid to talk about things. You, listen, I'm not afraid to talk about nothing. Taste, listen, listen, taped up testicles could come up in any minute. They're gonna, bring, they're gonna put transgender in our culture. I may talk about it in any minute, any second. Because I'm gonna cast it down. But you see, what I, when I, what I do is like I hire people from inside the church to come and do work you know, whatever, or work for the church, work for me, per, even for me personally. Many people come to my house, work, worked, uh, done jobs for me from this church. Because, see, I just let go. Say they, they bill me for too much. You know what I do? What do you think I do? Let's pay Yeah, I don't want to worry about it. God's going to take care of it. I've had it before where I got billed for something, and I had the check that proved I already paid it. I already paid it. And listen, here's the thing. The person knew. The, per- the person didn't know. They thought they hadn't been paid. Seriously. They didn't. They thought they, but I knew I'd already paid them. But I knew that it would hurt them not to pay them. And I could have brought out the check and say, here's the cancel check. They really believed it. They did. I just paid them again. You're like, Tom, that's, that's you know, that's compromise. No, you go by conviction. 
And the Holy Ghost is speaking to me, saying, don't damage the brother. Amen. He's convinced, let it go. Amen. It's $100, it's $500, it's $1,000, who cares? I understand if it's a giant amount that's gonna sink your ship. If you can't do it, then don't do business with people inside the church. Don't, because you'll end up hating each other. I don't hate anybody. They could rip me off. I ain't going to hate them. Let's let it go. Now, I ain't going to give money again. I'm just telling you. I just, I just let it go. And I marvel at people who can hang in there. You, you do it at your job. You know, I, I think back to my sheriff's office career, and there's sheriff's office deputies in this room right now and former cops in this room right now. And you had to overcome. How many of you had a lousy supervisor? For years. You didn't get offended and leave, did you? What we do here in the church, not necessarily this church, I'm just saying. I just marvel. I've seen some people really overcome. Because you're going to have to. Because if you don't, going nowhere. You're never going to pass the test. So the river church, I had to go in there and be uncomfortable and get next to the fire. Things that, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I don't know. Okay, what's the evidence of you being right? How many people were at their conference this week? Over 10,000 people from all 50 states, and I don't know how many. So I'm going to go in there and say, well, I don't really agree with that, Pastor Rodney. No, you know what? He calls up everybody for prayer on Friday night. And I was just having a dignified service. <laughs> Why are you laughing? So, I mean, I'm, you know, praise God, you know. I, and I don't worry about whether I feel anything or not, do you? I don't worry about it. I do what, I do what God tells me to do. I'm like, you know what? You're in the presence of God, you will worship. Amen. I'm not, listen, I'm not on my, now I know some of you use your phone for your Bible. I'm not judging you. <laughs> some people come up to me afterwards, Tom, just so you know. I'm on my iPad, but it's, it's my Bible. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm not, I don't care. You're all right. I'm not sitting up here making a list and somehow telling Heather via the microphone, mark that one down. Mark that one down for excommunication. We don't even take membership at the church. So I wasn't necessarily feeling a lot or anything. And I don't worry about whether I just do what God tells me to do. I worship and I pay attention. I look at the pastor the whole time. I look at who's ever speaking the whole time. Pastor Rodney's always entertaining. But listen, there's been some whoppers that have been brought up there. He lets people speak from various countries and whatever else. And man, I'm talking about dry as dirt. <laughs> dirt! You know what I do? I lock in. And I pay attention. Because God is the Lord of the harvest. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So... I notice how people always pay attention to me when I'm talking. Why? Because I sowed that seed. I've been to police conferences. They're the most boring thing you have ever. I've been to trainings. We, every, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember how many trainings we had to go through um, every year. And some of that stuff, oh, my gosh. Especially when they started to get into, like, diversity sort of stuff and how to make sure you say this and don't say that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they still do it or not. I'm sure they probably do. I'm just sad, but you know what? I honored the speaker. I was every, I'm at, the, I'm at police conferences, especially with the advent of the phone. 
Everybody had a phone. I mean, not, I mean, literally, there's 500 people in the room, and 478 of them were on their phone. And I'm just sitting there, and I lock in. Is I, I want that. I want to. I want to reap that harvest. So, no, nothing unusual. I was just available. Friday night, having a dignified service, Pastor Ronnie comes up and says, "Hey, to everybody, I'm going to pray over everybody tonight." Now there was. What's funny is, he says that earlier in the service, there's probably about 3,000 people there. Tells everybody, I'm gonna pray over everybody tonight, so there's a lot of people watching, and the service increased by 300 from the moment he said it until the moment he prayed. Over 300 more people came after he said he was gonna pray over people. Of course, he makes fun of them for doing that. But that's what they did. So he brings everybody... Well, you just, I mean, think about it. He now has to pray for around 3,500 people. Each person. It takes a long time. I was there till close to 2 o'clock in the morning. Seriously. Part of it was because I was so out of it, I couldn't drive. And Hope wouldn't let me drive. I'm like, I'll be all right to drive. I'll be all right to drive. And they go, what happened? Well, I was available to be touched by God. Because there's, no, there's, there's, no, there's nothing that I've stuck my claws into. I'm not going that way. I'm a big, bearded, ex-cop redneck who walks around with his masculine dog. It's got nothing to do with my relationship with God. With God, I'm his child. I'm a child and broken before the Lord. I'll dance, I'll shout, I'll jump. I'm not dignified. Remember, remember what David said? I'll, I'll be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. The king. Mocked by his own wife for dancing before the Lord with all of his might. So I just go up there, going up for prayer. Pastor Rodney's going through everybody, gets to me. And he just said, look me in the eye, he goes, what do you want? And I said, Freedom. So I want to be free in my mind. Anybody else need that? Yes. All right. And you let go then. Can't be free in your mind and still run the show. And I don't know how many of you have ever been prayed over by Rodney R. Brown, but it's, it's intense. He grabs a hold of my head, <laughs> brings me in like a Muay Thai clinch. <laughs> Presses my head next to his. Now I'm now just shaking with the God, power of God is just all over me. I, before he even got to me, he was praying over, I think Chris Ann Hall, and then it was Hope, and then it was me. Right when he got like between the two of them, I nearly got thrown to the ground. I'm like, whoa, and the, like the ushers are behind me, you know? You know like some of you, that's like really uncomfortable for you, but you love Paul, who launched his ministry being corrected by God, and it's hard for you to kick against the goads. It's thrown to the ground and blinded. For some of you, it's, it's too much for you to sense the power of God. You know, like it's, it's just, it, what, it's not fake. And I'm like, the usher's like holding me up. I'm like, whoa, Nelly. The pastor out and puts me in that Muay Thai clinch and he just starts speaking to my mind. Speaking to my mind. And I mean, I get, then I get tased by the Holy Ghost, I'm down. Poof, on the ground. He gets on the ground grabs a hold of my head 
and keeps praying. I am just crying and crying and crying. Then he grabs a hold of my belly, shoves his hand in my sternum like a, like a Heimlich maneuver, and says, you get the joy of the Holy Ghost. I go from crying to instantly laughing. Now, listen, before when I was so dignified, so wrong, and so delusional, thinking I was right, I've never done any of that. Listen, if it's not God, just stand there and be pressed and be prayed for. That's fine. I pray over people. I don't care whether you follow or not. I don't care. You do it, God. Whatever happens, it happens. If you're coming up for healing, I hope you're healed. I, but I like, listen. I wouldn't want to be married to somebody I never touch. Man, it got quiet in here. I need, you know what? I, you got to mark it down. Heather, remind me. I've, I've, got to do a th- I've got to do a sermon series on marriage. I'm always telling you not to be scared of your wife, but I don't deal enough with the women. I'm just telling you, here's the thing. I mean, you should see. You, you, I wish you could see. I'm going to figure out. Gonna get with Aaron. See if I can figure out technology somehow for you to see yourselves. Close up. Every now and then, span the crowd and you can see your own facial expressions and see what I'm preaching to right now. Because I just said, I wouldn't want to be in a marriage where I don't touch my spouse. I'm dead silent here. Yes, everybody wants like a passionless marriage. I'm like, what in the world? Not me. Good. Take it. Holy moly, it's 1128. I haven't started the message yet. No. I haven't. You're like, Tom, you keep doing I know, I keep doing this right now, but I'm just following the lead of the Holy Ghost. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. But I couldn't, I couldn't live. Bring me back to the river when I'm in the middle. I wouldn't want to live in a passionless marriage. Hope's going to kill me, but hope prays over me every, before every service and before every podcast. She comes, lays hands on me, and prays over me. And she said this morning, she's going to kill me. I'm sorry, babe. I'm not going to look at you. She says this morning, she comes up to pray over me. She goes, man, she goes, you are looking good. And I said, I said, well, I think she goes, mm, just like that, mm. Okay, we're, we're in year 28. We've known each other 31 years. We're in year 28. And I got my wife still going, mm, I'll take it. You may not want it, I want it. So, she lays hands on me and starts praying over me, and I said, well, she's praying. That wasn't very spiritual, but, you know. So now she starts laughing, she can't stop laughing to get the prayer out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a relationship where there's no intimacy. I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy, although I am talking about sexual intimacy. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't walk the aisle to be celibate. I did that, I did that for 28 years. I got celibacy down. (laughs) 
Some of you just need to flat out get naked more often. Just take off all your clothes. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll give, I'll give the ladies some advice. I just don't know how to grab, I don't know how to get his, I don't know how to grab his interest. Take your clothes off. You're welcome. Watch. <laughs> I'm telling you. I just seem to have just lost the spark. Take your clothes off. Watch what happens. You're, I'm just trying to help you. Everyone wants to make everything so complex. Take your clothes off. Stop praying. Take your clothes off. You want his attention? There you go. You're welcome. I'm talking about married people only. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a passionless intimacy-less, I know that's not a word. I, wouldn't, I would not want a relationship like that, and I wouldn't want one with God like that. I've got, and by the way, I've got that master too. No passion, no intimacy. You're like, Tom, how can that be? Because you seem to know the word well. Yeah, you can, listen, because I was saved, I was on my way to heaven, but I was Lord. Can't be Lord and have intimacy with God. It's the wrong relationship. It's fruit of the poisonous tree. Ye has to be Lord. So when Pastor Rodney says, if you want to be prayed overnight, God's going, you need to be prayed over. All right, God, going up to be prayed over. I didn't expect to be thrust to the ground, be laughing and crying. And man, when I tried to get up, I was like drunk. I'm trying to get up. Hope and Chris Ann Hall and Pastor Rodney's assistant, Elizabeth, were laughing at me as I'm trying to get up. I got this look on my and Elizabeth's like, just lay back down. <laughs> so eventually, you know, I got up, staggered back, just sitting in the seat. I mean, just going in and out of ways. And my body doesn't necessarily know how to react to God half the time. I almost get like faint or almost pseudo, sort of a pseudo panic attack. Because I'm like, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, okay, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. And God just said, let go, let go. So I just let go. I didn't care if I died right there. I didn't care. And some of you, that's, that's the key for you. You gotta stop being Lord. Now. Not later. Now. How many more years are you gonna waste? You don't need to waste another Sunday. You don't need to waste another 10 minutes. You can say right to God right now, I surrender. Lord, I yield. But will you? Now, a lot of Christians, they love to sing the song, I surrender all. They don't surrender nothing. They surrender the stuff that's easy. It's like this for me. You know what? What, what am I willing to surrender? Well, I'm willing to surrender broccoli. <laughs> right now. I'll lay that down. I'm willing to say I'll never eat broccoli again. Right now. I'll never eat Brussels sprouts again. I'll never eat a piece of salmon. I know some of you love it. I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. It's like eating a big chunk of low, of, of low tide. My wife loves it. I hate it. 
I'm willing to lay that down right now. But what about something that costs me? I'll offer him nothing. I'll offer him nothing that costs me nothing. I had, to, I had to go to God and offer him my lordship. And when opportunity struck, I took it. Today's an opportunity for you. Table has been set before you in the presence of your own enemies, whether it's carnality, whether it's the devil or it's the world. Those are your three oppositions. Table has been set before you. Will you take hold of it? Now, I had to take it and be uncomfortable. I would never, I'm telling you right now, four years ago, 15 days to flatten the curve, I would never have stepped foot in that building. Never. I would never have been prayed over. Ever. But I saw the table. I saw the opportunity. And it was uncomfortable. I told you before, I'll tell you this one more time. I remember the first time I went to the river. Pastor Rodney had connected, we had connected, I had been on his podcast. We had such little technology here because we had no money, we were broke, always broke. We had no t- I couldn't even do a Zoom call with him. Aaron probably could have figured it out, but we weren't really, I hadn't really hired Aaron on yet at that point full time. So I, I said, Pastor Rodney wanted me on his podcast. I said, well, I can't Zoom in. He goes, and so I said, I'll just come to the church. He goes, well, I'm not doing the podcast at the church. I do it at my house. I said, okay, well, come up to your house. And he says, come on up, I'll feed you. <laughs> Great. One of the best ribeyes I've ever had in my life. But anyway, I, you know, I, I went on this podcast, we connected. And I went on another podcast with him after that, at, at the church. So I knew it, but I'd never been in a river service. I'd seen him on TV, and I'm like, absolutely not ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. And listen, for those of you that get concerned, I'll go the path that God's told me to go. I'm not trying to emulate anybody. You're never going to see Rodney Howard Brown up here. I'm Tom Lipley. Now, Rodney R. Brown, the church will go the way that God wants it to go. Okay, I, with me, I can barely take the sound of anybody doing anything while I'm preaching, so probably be somewhat quiet in here unless you're laughing while I'm preaching because I can't even take it if someone's clicking a water bottle anywhere near me. <laughs> I'm glad I can't see Hope's feet today. It's blocked by the baptismal tank because when she starts flicking her feet, it drives me nuts. <clears throat> I have to tell Will in the podcast, because Will will go over there, and he has like bare feet, and he's tan everywhere, but his feet are stark white. It's right out here in my, he starts flicking his feet, because he, he's, he's a bobber. He bobs up and down, bobs up and down, bobs up and down. Aaron does too, but Aaron's too far to my right. I'm actually a bobber too, but I just, you know, I'm locked in at the podcast. So the first time I'm there at the river, and I've told you some of, some, some of you this before, or a lot of you have heard this before, but I'm standing there, and this is in April of 2020. So it's hot. I mean, it's, I don't mean hot temperature-wise, although it was. I'm talking about this country was hot. And I was angry. I don't, I don't like people telling me what to do, except for Jesus. And I don't like it. Don't tell me to put a mask on my face. Don't tell me to take your clot shot. Don't tell me to stand six feet apart. Don't tell me to lock down. Don't tell me to stay at home. Shove it sideways up your own caboose. So I'm hot. Which I've never had a problem being mad. 
Conflict is not my problem at all. I'll find conflict. No problem at all with that. So I'm sitting there at the River Church, and I brought my entire church up there. I opened up the floor because I'm like, you know what? I already hate being a pastor. I hate the church. I love some of the people, but I hate a lot of them. It was a long 15, 16 years of double timing between the SO. It's 13 year overlap of me doing police work and the church at the same time. Didn't have a weekend for 13 years. <clears throat> so I was pretty burned to the ground and I needed help. I needed to be pastor. So I'm sitting there at church. The whole church came up because I pushed it. And these are, the, these, are the, these are the staunch people at Foundation Church refused to leave, refused to lock down, refused to mask. All of us together, maybe 130 people, something like that. We all went up. We all had our Foundation Church gear on. This is way before there was a pavilion. We're all getting burnt to a crisp. I don't remember what month it was. It was like Mayish, May somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. But anyway, it was hot. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking forward at the stage, and I start hearing some woman to my left, not on my church, just start screaming. There's nothing even happened yet. They, they hadn't struck a chord yet. And this lady just spontaneously combusts right next to me. And I'm like, I, I think I said it verbally. I think I said it out loud. Well, it's too late now. Church is gone. I hate it anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But I was willing to get close to, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm driving to spiritual Vegas and putting them all on black. That's what you gotta do. The very things that you think are keeping you safe are a boa constrictor slowly strangling you to death spiritually. You think they're keeping you safe though, they're not keeping you miserable, whispering in your ear. Stay with me, stay with me. Listen to this, here's the message, starting at 11.40. The promises of God cannot be kept from the believer. The promises of God cannot be denied from the believer. They can't be. The believer has to be fooled into doing it himself. That's directly from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave me that. The promises of God cannot be denied you or kept from you. But you can be fooled into doing it yourself. Via opposition from one or three or any combination therein of these, of these three sources. The devil, the world, and your own flesh. That is your opposition. The world is a combination between the devil and people's carnality coming together. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. The promises of God cannot be denied you or kept from you. What are, what are those promises? Let's think of what are some of these promises. A great family, abundant life. Your mind being free. No more fear, no more anxiety, no more anxiety attacks. 
being free. I remember that part in the, I can't remember which, it's two, I think it's two towers, Lord of the Rings, where Gandalf sets the, the king free who had a demon in his ear. And he says, breathe the free air, my friend. And you're set free. But you gotta go to the fire to do it. Be set free. He's given you all things and they cannot be denied you unless you have been fooled into denying them yourself. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Romans chapter eight, verse 32. Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also alone with him graciously give us all things? Wealth is yours. Unless you've been fooled into thinking poverty is an attribute. Wealth is yours. 2 Corinthians 8 9. Health is yours. Psalm 103 3. Health is yours. Well, you know, I just believe that God is sending me through the fire with this disease. That's not the fire of God. The fire of God would never use the fallen world curse. Ever. God just, you know, I'm just, you know, God just really uses my depression and anxiety to humble me. That's not God because he's given you a strong mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Now here's the thing. Most Christians, they don't look at the first word, which I said last week. Oh, yeah, I'm just so thankful God's given me a sound mind. What's the first thing he gave you? God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power over all of the enemy who is strapped firmly under your feet unless you've been fooled into thinking he's not. Or fooled into thinking that the enemy is actually your friend. He's not. God has a plan for you that cannot be denied. Amen. You're like, but I know I'm not living in the, in the perfect will of God. That's because of you. Somebody has fooled you into holding on to a life that is not your destiny. Amen. How many of you are happy every day? Should be. There's no reason not to be. Uh, you know, my family, we're just a moody bunch. No, you're just a bunch of carnal people. You're just a bunch of carnal people who whatever it is that you feel, which again, feelings are nothing more than? Yes. yes. Here's your homework assignment. Everybody watch the poop scene from Dumb and Dumber this afternoon. It's on YouTube. That's feelings. Remember he takes the colon blow? I'm going to stay away from poop stories this morning. That's what feelings, and listen, I love good feelings. I just don't rely on good feelings because they're gas. Sometimes God couldn't be any more present in a room and you just don't feel anything. It's fine. It's fine. Doesn't matter. The real solid preachers don't preach on. Everybody just feel that right now. If you can't feel that right now, you're just missing it. 
Half the room doesn't feel it, and half the room's faking that they feel it. So you turn everybody into a room full of fakes. Ooh, let's just stop. He has a plan for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12. For I know the plans I have for you. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered. Not requested, ordered. But I, how many of you would say, you are walking in the perfect will of God right now? Why aren't you? Stop, listen, stop acting like it's some sort of super spiritual thing and repent. Hard core. Now. That's what I do. When I'm wrong, I go to the people I've wronged. I say I'm wrong. If I haven't wronged anybody, then I just simply repent between me and God. Now. Not later. Now. I said to my wife recently, I said, I was being like moody and distant. And I said, listen, I just stopped this. We we're walking down a hotel hallway. And I said, listen, I'm not going to be mean to you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit there and pretend. Well, you know, I'm just going through a hard time right now. But, okay. How in the world can I be going through a hard time right now when I am the temple of the Holy Ghost? Because I've allowed carnality to block it. Chosen it. See, a lot of you think these are hard sermons. They're not hard sermons. They're biblical, and they will set you free. Like, I could go to a church that's a lot easier on me. Yeah, and you'll stay in the corral. The enemy's got you corralled and mocks you every day when you're supposed to have a table set before you in the presence of your enemies where you mock them. You can be set free from everything today. You can get, you can hear, I'll tell you my attributes and I'll tell you my detriments when they come up. But you know one of the greatest things about being me? is I literally do not care what anybody thinks. Honestly, I have cut my friends loose. I don't care with it. You want to be my friend? I don't care. I don't get it. I don't, I didn't get invited to this gathering. I don't care. I'm glad. I don't want to go anyway. I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, honestly, you need to understand that. I, now, there's other areas of my life I'm in captivity. I just prayed for Pastor Rodney Al Brown to, set me, to, be, to be set free. So I know my areas and my detriments. Too much in my head. That's what he's just praying. He knew he's just speaking into my soul. Like a, I mean, because he's a prophet. Speaking right into my soul. But I'm willing to receive it because I know in that area I'm wrong. And see, that's another area where I am free. I'll just go, you know, I'm wrong on that one. Someone proves me wrong right in the middle of it, which happens. I've got some staunch experts at this church, experts at doing things. Office managing, Heather, Aaron Tech. When I've been proven wrong, I just reverse the conversation. I go, you know what, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. I don't hold my position when I know I'm wrong. What is that? 
That's pride going before my own destruction. But God has given you health and wealth. Just start saying that over and over again, in, right in their face. Well, there's one of those prosperity, name it, claim it, word of faith preachers. Yeah, that's right. Shove it, shove it, shove it. That's right. That's right, I am. What do you ever do? There was somebody criticizing Jonathan Shuttlesworth on Twitter, I think. It had to be Twitter because it's the only one I'm ever on. So I, of course, jump in. Like a moth to a flame. Ooh, ooh, conflict. That's a detriment, by the way. I'm trying, don't let me forget about Jonathan. I'm trying to make 2024 the first year in a decade that I haven't nearly gotten into a fist fight. Trying. <laughs> Who said that? Bill. I know. Bill knows me too well. That's the problem. Bill see me hot, mad, everything else. I'm trying. Don't listen. Don't, 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 don't mess with me at the door today because of that. I know one of you guys is going to do something. Just like the, the person who gave me the glow in Jesus. There he is. That, that glowing Jesus is making its way through every office in this church. So don't come up and try to start a fight with me this morning. Don't do it. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Where was, it, where was that? Jonathan, thank you. So Jonathan, I knew I was going to forget. Person's on there talking about, Jonathan was talking about this or that, and the person said, well, I think the problem is preachers with, with private jets. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so I sent him, let's see now. Jonathan has well over 1,000 people every Sunday in his two churches. Well over. It might be way more than that now. His board meeting's coming up. I'll find out in two weeks. Um, Jonathan feeds 2,000 people a day. So I sent him. Jonathan has 1,000 people in his church every Sunday. I don't think he has any problems. And I said, he feeds 2,000 people a day. What do you do? Oh, you're poor. Congratulations. Yeah, Jonathan's rich. He is. He's rich. He is. He doesn't even need his paycheck. People just walk up and just throw money at him, like Jesse Duplantis. You ever listen to his testimony? He'll be standing in his front yard. Regularly, people just run up to his gate. He has a giant fence. He has the largest piece, the most expensive piece of private property in the state of Louisiana is Jesse Duplantis, his house. People just still... People claim to hate him. He's got a private jet. He's had numerous private jets. People come up, run up to his gate and throw money over his fence. Just throw money at him. He'll tell you he hides it from his wife after they throw it to him so she doesn't come and take it. <laughs> health and wealth and health and wealth. Yeah, you're supposed to have that. So I just said, okay, congratulations, you're poor. You feed no one. Yes, he flies around in a private jet. Well, all that money could go to the poor. Well, he's already given millions to the poor. You give nothing. Don't you think God wants to spoil the man who's given the millions to the poor? Amen. Tom, you're just an acolyte for the preachers that you love. Incorrect. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You're sitting there criticizing a man who does way more than you have ever done and ever will do. Simple as that. So keep your mouth shut. So you're supposed to have health and wealth. Well, I'm against it. Give it to me in Scripture. 
you don't have any scripture. There's no scriptures that tell you you're supposed to be poor. None. Zero. Zilch. Yes, there's poor people in scripture. The devil's in scripture. Doesn't mean you're supposed to be a devil. You're supposed to have a strong mind. And you're supposed to be in the midst of God's plan for you. But a lot of us, we don't dispel enough unbelief to see the open doors. You can't see them. You're walking right by them. You're walking in the dark. You're walking, but it's in the dark. You can't see. Again, like I tell you all the time, if we turn off all the lights in here, you can't see these doors. I'm telling you, you can't see them. They're there, but you can't see them. That's unbelief. The doors are right there. And you can't see them. Because you don't pray. You don't study the word of God. Tom, you say this all the time. Well, listen, God will tell me to stop saying it. Prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. You're not doing that daily. There's never, I never have a day I don't pray, ever. There's never a day I'm not speaking in tongues, ever. You either get better or you get worse, you never say the same. You're either turning your heart into a heart of flesh or a heart of stone. Every day, and you make your decision now. So you're supposed to have health, you're supposed to have wealth, you're supposed to have a strong mind, you're supposed to have God's plan unfolding right before your very eyes. But opposition will come. Look at me now. Opposition will come. The world, the devil, or the flesh. So this week, I, got a, I have a brand new truck now. Brand new. A brother of mine, now a friend because we've had to spend so much time together recently because of the truck. I'll tell you why in a second. Gave, gave, it, gave it to me. Brand, brand new 2023 <laughs> Nissan Frontier. Brand new, decked out, beautiful. It's out there. You can go take a look at it after church. I love it. I mean, I'm so in love with the thing. I'm so in love. I can barely stay away from it. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's brand spanking new. New. Everything's brand new. So anyway, it had... Uh, I don't, want to, I don't necessarily want to give away the person who gave it to me, but anyway, you know, it was a giant towing company, and they get these cars, these, either whether they're repos or stolen or whatever else. So we had to get like a special tag for it, I mean a special title for it. We went to the DMV six times. <laughs> six times to get this vehicle registered. Six times. Now, the first time I went there was the one, the one in Venice. And I've been going to that DMV for 30 years. 30 years. And I walk in there and they go, we're at max capacity. So you're going to have to make an appointment. I'm at, what the heck is max capacity? Is that like me after I've eaten a bunch of chicken wings and pizza and I'm at max capacity? What exactly does max capacity mean? Normally, what do you do when you go to the DMV? You get in line. Well, they don't let you wait in line anymore. If, he, if you're going there and it's at max capacity, I hope somebody from the county's watching or the state or whatever. I hope you are. You're at like max capacity? Okay, think about how stupid it is. So if you're at max capacity, you're not allowed to wait for it to no longer be at max capacity. You can come back five minutes later and say, is it still at max capacity? Oh, no, it's not. Okay, now I can wait. Do, do you see this? Why can't I just stand out there and wait for it no longer to be in max capacity, which is called standing in line? The whole world, because of masking, has sucked in very little oxygen over the last four years. That's why they become stupider and stupider and stupider. 
So I have to make an appointment. It's not available for eight days. So there's visit number one. So this time I go down to Northport DMV. Okay, there's something wrong with the, uh, the title, according to them. Which, by the way, you know how to fix what's wrong with the title? When you have a valid title, uh, you make a phone call. You fix the title. You have a valid title. It's right there. Fix the title. And they can issue a new title right then and there, but they don't do it. Because nobody knows what they're talking about. Because the world's, again, all these people have been masked for four years. And they can't wait to put them back on. For a lot of people, masks are like marijuana to them. They just love it. Oh, masks. You smell it. Oh, yeah. They've been masked way too long. They need way more oxygen. So that's visit number two. The next time, my friend who gave me the vehicle, who's an expert at all things vehicle, comes with us. He has the valid title in his hand. They deny us. He loads up the, that's, he loads up the truck. They tell it has to be inspected. Got to be inspected. Loads up the truck on a flatbed. Drives it to Palmetto from Northport. Gets it inspected. Bring it back. It's inspected. There's a slight error on the mileage. It has 4,000 miles on it, and they put 40,000 miles. So what do you do? Uh, you fix it. You take a zero out. Oxygen-deprived, mask-wearing, seven-times-vaccinated moron. So I'm supposed to have this new truck order. I'm supposed to, I'm three weeks in. It's given me three weeks ago. I'm getting opposition. I know it's a gift from God. It's God's truck from God's man giving it to me. You're like, why do you get the trucks? Because I tithe and you don't. Maybe you need to get more oxygen in your brain. The windows of heaven open up for me all the time with so much I can't contain it. Why don't you just do the same thing? Get in God's economy instead of Pudding Pop's economy. <laughs> President Pudding Pop. <laughs> President Chocolate Chocolate Chip. <laughs> he goes up there, gets it inspected. They come out and say, well, the mileage is off. All right, we'll fix it. Uh, she doesn't know how. Back and forth, back and forth. All right, there's, there's number four. Or five, I can't remember. They're missing some of the steps here, but it ended up with our sixth one. So we go to the next one. Come back, he loads the truck up again. Drives it all the way back up to Palmetto. Now gets a brand new title. Nobody can say anything, it's done. It's finished. We go back in again, it's number five. Um, you didn't bring the packet. You have to have the title and the packet. They issue the title from the packet. So in order to get the title, it has to match the packet. That's what they do in Palmetto. It's a state contractor. The state hires to issue titles. So they're, they know what they're doing. Since they issue $8 million a year, they know what they're doing. So he's like, they just, this, it, it, by the way, none of that matters. The title's right here. Title's everything. That's why you have like home title lock. A title is everything. It's right here. It's done. It's over. Refuse this again. With the nastiest woman I've ever dealt with. I walked around to the front of her desk and I said to her, I said, you are what's it, a nasty, wretched human being. I said it to her twice. 
Told you, I have no problem. You want, you want trouble? You come to the right place. <laughs> Called her supervisor. Supervisor's like, um, that should never have happened. We're like, we're six visits in. Yeah. So the supervisor's like, That's never, that, that never should happen. Supervisor pushes a few buttons. We walk in. My buddy and I gave me the truck. Walks in. And in 10 minutes, we're gone. It's mine. The truck's mine. All right? Now... I had to face, I know that's not, you know, there's people fa- facing cancer, I, but it's still opposition is opposition. So I had opposition. Were there demons involved? I don't know. But there was opposition. It's either carnality, it's the world, it's the devil. Doesn't really matter, but you do need to be able to identify opposition. And it's just, it, I was being opposed. So it cost me, cost me three weeks. Opposition, although I have health, and I have wealth, I have a strong mind, and God's, mind, and God's plan is unfolding right before my very eyes. Opposition came my way. Opposition is going to come your way. It may just be your feelings today. It may be another human being. It may be words from somebody else, but opposition will come your way, and you must be able to identify. Is that the world? Is that the devil? Is that the flesh? Is that some combination therein? What if you're, you need to be able to identify because what if you're rebuking the devil and it's you? I rebuke you, Satan. You should be rebuking your own mind. What if you're in conflict with a person and you're blaming the world? One more time. The promises of God cannot be kept from you. The promises of God cannot be denied you. Somebody, somebody has to fool you into denying them yourself. You're too powerful. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You're too powerful. Do you realize who you are? Oh, I've heard this before. You don't walk, yeah, I know you hear it over and over again. It becomes religion to you because you have to learn to walk in it. You have, you have to be willing to act in it. You, you need to be willing to roll the dice and act in who you are. Somebody comes up to me and tells me that they're not well, I'm moving in on that. No. I say, don't want it. I've had people tell me they don't want to be prayed over. Okay, no problem. You want to die? You want to stay sick? Whatever, go ahead. That's on you. Maybe if you're saved, you're going to heaven anyway, but I'm acting on it. You're like, yeah, but Tom, you could be humiliated. Yeah, I have been. I'm willing to be humiliated for the gospel. I'll be even more undignified than this. We'll be humble in my own sight. I'll dance before the Lord with all my might. While my spouse mocks me like David did. I don't care. I'm going to put my hands on him. And I'm out, I mean, I'm just on it. The promises of God cannot be kept from you. Somebody has to trick you into denying them yourself. Just so everybody knows, and I'll head towards the end with this, your opposition is already defeated. That nasty, wretched woman who got crushed into oblivion, she did. Because we, we made sure that, pe- that she received the proper reward for what she did. Horrible, horrible demeanor. Horrible attitude. I hope she's watching. Maybe this Aaron even said, maybe she was watching the podcast and just hates you. <laughs> maybe she watches Foundation Church and she hates me. Aaron, how many people we got watching right now? Just get, send me an update. 
438. 438 people watching, love you all. God bless you. Stick with us. Stick with us. Again, I'll tell you the same thing. I'm looking at the camera right now. For those of you that are watching, I would never have said this four years ago, 15 days flat in the curve. I would have told you, you know what? Find yourself a local church. Well, there isn't any. If you're watching this, it's probably because there isn't any. Or you're just a foundation church person who used to come in person, but somebody's offended you in the building, and you know that every other church, you've been red-pilled, and every other church is full of crap. So you watch online now, so you don't have to be around the people who offended you. Pull your thumb out of your mouth. Get a crowbar out. Maybe get your spouse to help you. Pull your thumb out of your mouth and grow up. I'm around people all the time. People that like me, people that hate me, it is what it is. I'll tell you this. I know I'm in church services where I know there's people in there who don't like me. A lot of times women have a problem with me because they think that I'm a chauvinist. I don't know why. Kind of burn things to the ground sometimes with women. Aaron, stop laughing. Tell them, I tell them biblical things like, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I tell them biblical things like this. Always tying it in with the verse three, years, uh, three verses later. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And then tying it in with the verse, one verse before that, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Tying all Ephesians chapter 5, 21, 22, and 25. I always tell them, but people get offended by it. And women don't want to submit to their, their, to their husbands. And you shouldn't submit to them when he's sinning. Or you shouldn't submit to them if he's not going to church. In those areas, you shouldn't submit to them. But whenever, wherever you can, biblically, you do. But, you know, I can tell. There's people, I can just, you know, I know. And I actually do actually know who it is. There's like me. There's people, there's, there's people on the worship team. I've been in service, and I know they vehemently don't like me. You know how much it throws me off? Nothing. I get blessed by them. They're talented people. Oh, man, you can sing. I don't care. Honestly, I, Tommy, it has to bother you if people lie about you. No, I'm blessed. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, now again, I have to always temper that for the weirdos in the room. If you're weird in here, shout amen. Don't, I'm just kidding. I have to temper it for the weirdos because people are insulting you and persecuting you because you're weird, not because of Jesus. People persecute me because of Bible verses. They have nothing. They have nothing on me. There's nothing on me but Bible verses. And I've told you this before, but uh, the girl who came at me at the door at the old building, and Aaron's standing right there, and she's coming at me about gay stuff. I mean, literally, homosexual stuff, not gay. In the, no, you're gay, you're gay, no, you're gay. That's gay, that's gay. Which I'm fine, I don't care about any of that either. You can say whatever you want, it's a free country. Well, Sort of free. Um, <laughs> hanging, hanging on by a very thin margin. But she comes up. She's on me, right? I'm like, oh, well, there's what the Bible says. Verse, verse, verse. She got nothing. She can be mad as me. She can be as mad at me as she wants to be. She has nothing. She has nothing. People, I, I have never lost a debate with Scripture except one time. One time. And they were right. No, two times. And both times I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. You got me. That's it. You were right. I was wrong. That's it. I dropped. As soon as Scripture beat me, I'm out. 
I'm humble before the Lord. I'm like, that's God's word. I'm done. I'm out. I'm not battling. There's not battling this anymore. I'm done. You win. I, you win. The word of God wins. But opposition will come your way. And in closing, I'll tell you this. Know that your opposition is already defeated. Every last part of it is defeated. I'm going to do this in five minutes. The devil is defeated. You know, everybody is devil this, devil that. It's getting to be big in Christian cultures right now. And I believe in casting out devils. I believe there are people demon-possessed and oppressed. I do. I do. However, not everything's a demon. Most things are not. Usually it's a matter of will you repent or not. That's it. Just repent. It's all done. 180 degree turn from whatever you're doing or not doing. Now, but the devil is already defeated. Why are Christians obsessed with a defeated foe? Yeah. We got the playoffs in football right now. Do you think that, I'm thinking of the teams that like lost, do you think that the Chiefs are thinking about the Bills right now? No. Oh, well, you know, like, we're really going to get them. We're really going to get, they already beat them. They already won. They're concentrating on the Ravens right now. They're not worried about a defeated foe. Just really wondering what the Bills are thinking. They don't care what the Bills are thinking. Why are you worried about what the devil thinks? He's a defeated foe for you. He's not a defeated foe for Fauci, but he's a defeated foe for you. They worship him in the World Economic Forum, but for you, he's a defeated foe. There's nothing to even think about. Just going there, we're gonna, I mean, all the Christians do the religious stuff. We're gonna surround the building and cast out every demon that's ever been in there. What are you doing? What are you doing? Fed people years. And if they, you know what, if you want to do it, go ahead. This is one of those Romans 14, 14 things. I know that there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean to him and is unclean. Go do what you want to do. Fed people, can you mind, Tom, if I come through and walk through all the chairs and pray over them? Well, if you want to pray over inanimate objects, it bothers somebody because you're religious Pentecostals. You want to pray over an inanimate? Show me in Scripture where Jesus prayed over chairs. Why are you? Why, oh, just, you know, just pray over this chair. Any demon that somehow <laughs> infiltrated this fabric, <laughs> cast it out. <clears throat> in Jesus' name. There's some things that infiltrate that fabric, but it ain't no demon. <laughs> Did you snort? Oh, it's you. <laughs> How many of you are married to a snorter? Anybody? I'm married to a snorter? Come on. There you go. I do that right when I'm falling asleep. What? Where? Oh. But your opposition is defeated. Where do I get that from? Luke chapter 9, 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. The world is defeated. Where do I get that from? I'm speeding up to the end here. 
First John chapter five, verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Just so everybody knows, I'm trying not to get sidetracked here. It's not grace that has overcome the world. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Doesn't mean that faith is greater than God's grace or God's grace is greater than faith. Just understand where the alleys are, where the lanes are of each thing. So that you lean on the correct thing at the correct time. We approach the world with grace when we should be approaching the world with our faith. I just, you know, I know that at the World Economic Forum, they're bringing in thousands of hookers. They are, by the way. Just, you know, I understand their struggle. Everybody struggles with sexual sin. No, you approach it with your faith. The world is defeated by your faith. The world is the culmination, the cooperation between carnality and the devil. That's the world and the world system. You approach it and you overcome it with your faith. And faith without works is dead. A lot of people are like, well, you're always talking about faith and works. and There is no faith without works, and there is no works without faith. They're both meaningless without each other. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. And people will say, it's Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. People will say, well, we're people of faith. We're not people of works. You can't be a person of faith without works. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not believe? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They had unbelief because they didn't obey. You approach the world with your faith, with your obedience. You realize that being healed is being obedient? Me being blessed with a new truck is obedience. I didn't go, I don't, I don't want that truck. I'm like, I drove onto the parking lot of that tow yard, and I was like, I hope it's that one. And it was. I'm like, I hope it's that one. My arms are wide open. I'm obedient. God gives me something, I take it. God tells me to give it away, I give it away. I'm going to close right here. Worship team, make your way. I want to pray over people this afternoon. Be ready. If you need prayer, be ready now. Ready yourself. Just receive it. Just receive it. I'm going to finish with the world. Your carnality is defeated too. Maybe I'll say it real quick, but I want to, I want to just do the world really fast. Because we're facing a lot of opposition right now, right? Just stay with me. I know it's 1217. I know I promised I'd be done by 1215. I'm a liar. Condemned to hell for all of eternity. But anyway... We're facing the world more than anything right now. 12,000 people illegally crossing the border every day. We have no idea who they are. 12,000 a day. Under the previous administration, 8,000 a month. Now we're at 12, welcome, 12,000 a day. Everybody know that? And then we're told that it's a closed border because we're being lied to. 17 million excess deaths since they rolled out the vaccines. It's an absolute fact. Absolute worldwide fact. 17 million extra people have died over the last three years. We're facing lots of oppression and lots of lies 
and lots of opposition. Their censorship, their climate hoaxes, I wrote a list here, their transgenderism, their mass, their fake pandemics, their vaccine post-birth abortions, their child mutilations, their child trafficking. How do we overcome it? By our faith. By our faith. Now, faith is what? Yeah, I'm done. Right there. Done. What is our faith? Faith is what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by? So what is faith? Speaking the word into every scenario. What does the word say about that? What does the word say about this? What does the word, what does the word say about masking? What, is, what does the word say about an open border? What does the word say about lawlessness? You overcome the world with your faith by speaking it. By speaking. What does the word, what does the word say about abortion? What does the word say about lopping off testicles? What does the word say about a man dressed as a woman and a woman dressed as a man who wants you to call them by their now new gender name? I'm not gonna lie for you. I'm not gonna lie for you any more than I lied and put a mask on. I'm not doing that either. You speak to you overcome it with your faith. And you startle the world with your power. They're out there, new vaccine for JN1. New vaccine for this. They're coming up with mRNA vaccinations for all of the side effects of their original mRNA vaccinations. Pfizer themselves bought a pill factory that creates pills to treat myocarditis. So they cause the myocarditis and then buy a pill factory to sell you pills for your myocarditis. You overcome that with your faith. How do you do it? You got myocarditis? You got it? Come here, come here, come here, come here. Fear, feel it. Feel the power of God in your chest. Feel it. Because here comes God. Here comes the Holy Ghost. My message in my preaching was not with wise and persuasive words, with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's how you overcome the world with your faith. You go, you know what? They've got it better than the quote-unquote experts. They're more powerful than the experts. The church is, listen, if the church really discovered who they were, there's not a military on the planet that could stand one church building. They couldn't get anywhere near it. They'd all get Ananias and Sapphira. That's how we're supposed to be. I've heard, I've heard Christians say, well, you know, the day, and day they'll come and hire, take us out to a firing squad. No, they'll all drop dead before they ever get near the building. That plague's not drying near my dwelling. Go away. Tom, you're awfully dismissive with your little hand gestures. That's right. I don't take them seriously. Go away, you little gnat. You're a gnat. Go away. Go away. You've got nothing. That's how we overcome the world. We are facing defeated opposition, unless you've been fooled and believing they're not. It's defeated. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. The flesh is defeated too. So we covered them all. The devil, the world, and the flesh are all defeated. Last one was Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Write them down. All right, here we go. Ready, be ready to receive prayer in just a moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me go over this first. Christians, you should be praying your fannies off right now. Be praying over people. I'm telling you right now, some of you are thinking, man, the games are on today. It's gonna be a great day. You got lunch to get to. None of that's gonna matter when you are witnessing the great white throne judgment. You realize that every soul, if you're in any way, shape, or form, even if you attend, simply attend, 
you're a part of every soul. Well, you're, and those of you that are watching right now, you're a part of every soul that gets saved in this church and it is credited to your account. You're just simply a part of this ministry in any way, shape, or form. So I don't, don't get distracted by other things and other wounds. Be distracted by the things that matter. Souls matter. Souls are eternal. If you pray right now and somebody gets saved in this room, it's credited to your account. An eternal bank account that will never run dry. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to get your life right with God this afternoon, whether you've fallen away, backslidden away from God, or you've never been saved before, now is your time. Right at this moment. Relax, because I'm not going to do anything to you. You're not going to have to stand and testify. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm going to have you stay exactly where you are. This is between me, you, and God. Nobody else is looking around. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, you need to get saved for the first time or recommit your life, now, now, right now, today is the day of salvation. Now is your moment. If that's you, boldly, with proclamation, raise a hand into the air right now if that's you, right where you're at. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know it's you. Come on, come on, there you go. Awesome, awesome. You can put them down. Told you I wasn't gonna do anything to you. Now the entire church, is going to pray this prayer out loud with you. If you pray it, and if you mean it, you're saved. You're saved. God's will unfolds in your life, and you are heaven-bound. God's will in his abundant life unfolds right now, and you are on your way to heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Simply pray this prayer directly to God, and you are saved. Everybody, out loud with them. Here we go. Lord Jesus. I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Church shouts.